You kill me. What's up? How you feeling? I'm How's it going? great. Vibe, everything's great. My vibe's great. Everything's great. Like I can't okay. even complain. Energy, energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you for being here today. Um, of welcome course. to Big Talks, IG Live Chat. Uh, it's about you, your career, women in sports. Um, you know the NBA season because you report on a lot of the NBA, and mm-hmm. I think you have really, really good discussions, and we have debates sometimes. So. To people on this live who don't know Ashley, Ashley is a good friend of mine. I met three years ago in Arizona, a mutual mm-hmm. friend. Um, we stayed in contact. She's the homie. It's like, she's my bestie, but we talk everything, life, sports, spirituality. And um, I've watched Ashley just grow and just become a beam of light in her position. So Ashley, uh, let's get this thing started. Um, you look great. It. and. Um, Thank you. Congratulations on all your success and your progress, because progress equals happiness. But before we get into the discussion, let's take you back to your hometown, because you're a native of Chicago, correct? Mm-hmm. I am, yes. Right. So give me a little, just like a brief synopsis on like, what was it like for you growing up in Chicago and what inspired you to just get into sports in general? Did you play sports? Were you a cheerleader? Like, what did you do? I was a cheerleader and a dancer. Um, I cheerleaded for football and basketball. But um, I would say my biggest inspiration for sports is my grandma. And everyone's always so shocked when I say that. But my grandma was the biggest influence um, over me. We went to baseball games, the Cubs games at Wrigley Field all the time. I would miss so much school. Like, I can't even count how much school I would miss because there would be games. She's like, we got to go to the games. Um, And just kind of watching just how she carried herself, how she uh, watched sports. Like she was so knowledgeable about um, every wow. sport. Yeah. Um, way more than me. Cause she, it was for her, she liked everything across the board. I obviously right. specialize just in basketball. Um, okay. You know, I've covered football before I've covered a little bit of baseball. So it's not like I don't, you know, know the sports, like I'm pretty well versed, yeah. but um, my love is with basketball. But for her, she was always watching like, you know, golf and tennis, and she loved everything. So all my inspirations from her. Chicago was great. Um, we had all the sports teams, all the professional teams. Um, we're diehard fans. Uh, I love Chicago, the Chicago Bulls, um, especially. Yeah. Grew up with, yeah, grew up with them in the 90s, so that was great. So um, honestly, I had a great Chicago. life growing up. Yeah, yeah. I love it. City. That, I mean, that's something I didn't know about you. That's a fun fact. I didn't know your grandmother was your biggest inspiration what? into sports. So it's interesting that the topic oh, wow. is women women in sports, mm-hmm. isn't that? Um, yep. So you went to the uh, Arizona University, right? Was it University of Arizona? It's University AD, of Arizona, right? yes. University of U.S. So University the of University, Arizona. the better school Got down it. south in Tucson. Because I know ASU, right? Yes. So Every, really. how was that? How was, what was your major and what was college like for you? What was your experiences like in, uh, at, uh, University of Arizona? Go so Wildcats. Yeah. Uh, bear down, baby. Um, so with U of A, it's actually interesting. I went into school majoring in, uh, not even broadcast journalism. I wanted to be, um, a sociology major. I wanted to do something to do with people. Um, I think like, Another one of my callings is when I know we and you get really deep into everything about our birthdays and what we're meant to do and our, you know, our calling. Um, I always want, I I like psychology. I like the study of people, the study of the mind. And that's something that I've always loved. So I went into sociology and I was kind of like, where's this going to take me? You know, like sociology, like, what am I going to do with that? Like after school? Um, So I was like, I need to think of something that I can combine with working with people, but also combine with something that I really love. So I kind of, intertwined the two of them. I'm like sports broadcasting. Like I like sports. I like talking to people. So I was like, this is perfect. So I combined the two. I did broadcast journalism at the University of Arizona. And then I also did sports management, which was um, my minor. So I got to learn kind of the other side of sports where it's not just like talking on camera, doing interviews, uh, writing. It's more so like the PR side, you know, Um, how they handle things within the teams, how to approach PR. So Um, That was a whole different beast, Um, you know, learning marketing strategies, things like that. Um, I just wanted to have that under my belt and I really loved it. I mean, it was great. And the thing with U of A, there wasn't like a ton to do. 
Yeah. So believe it or not, I spent like, I mean, I went out, you know, I had a good time. Who was, who was at the school? Who, who was on a basketball team in your years? Who was on a team? What, who was their star players? I remember, because I don't remember um, uh, U of A, Jason Terry, uh, this would be, is it Will Solomon? Not Will Solomon. What's, what's his name? Uh, Simon. Simon Kidd at the time. Yeah, yeah. Jason Gardner, uh, mm -hmm. Richard Jefferson, Gilbert Arenas. These are the guys I remember, you know. Those who are, was, those are a little school? bit older than me. Yeah, yeah. those were a little bit older guys, but um, with yeah. me it was uh, Derek Williams, Solomon Hill, Momo Jones, um, Mark Lyons, T.J. McConnell, um, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Aaron Gordon, and the list goes on. So that was kind of it was fun because I stayed for about four and a half years. Yeah. So I got to like really you know kind of see like the evolution of the basketball program, and I watched a lot of NBA league pass. Um, I'm such like a like a basketball nerd. Um, yeah. I was always at home. Like someone, people be like, "Oh, let's go out." I'm like, "No, there's a game tonight. The Bulls are playing." Like, you know, I'd have my computer screen, and, and then I'd have a game on the TV. I'd have four games on my computer, one oh, on the wow. TV. Oh yeah, I was like, oh, oh wow. I was locked in. Oh, was locked it was in. great. I was locked. But no in, locked prior in. basketball experience. Did you play in high school, or, or did you play AAU, directly? No, so no basketball at all. My brother played basketball. I got to watch. But you didn't play. Games. You didn't play. No, like the thing is, oh, like I'm using this as an I thought, excuse. I for some reason, I thought you played basketball at least like maybe when you were in like middle school or high school at least. Mm -hmm. I am. Uh, I have short legs and arms. It was always really hard nah. for me to dribble between my legs. I just like couldn't like pick it up. Um, I'll play occasionally, like out here, like you know, in, in Arizona, if someone's like at the gym and they want to shoot, whatever. I'll work on my handles a little bit, but like, right. no, I'm not that good. Got it. So if, if you had to think about from an intangible perspective, not a physical perspective, what what drew you into basketball? Like, I know you talked about your grandmother, like baseball, going to all these games. She got you to like sports. But why basketball? Was it the energy that was in Chicago coming up with the Bulls and Michael Jordan? Like, what was it that got you like, you know what? This sport, this sport is something I'm intrigued by. I want to study it. What was that for you? That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> I need to think about that answer. I think I liked the com the camaraderie with the players. Yeah. I just like liked that like that team aspect of the game, and I just feel like sports bring so many people together. Like it's just something yeah. that you can talk about, you know, something that you can relate to. Um, and I like that it's also kind of an escape um, from everyday life. And it's like, oh, I can't wait to like watch my favorite players compete tonight. Like I can't wait to, you know, watch my favorite team. I can't wait to watch this matchup, two rivalries, like, you know, two guys going at each other. Like, I love that. And the same thing, like, yeah, like, growing up watching the Bulls, like, if you grew up in Chicago during the 90s, like, there's absolutely, like, no way that you're not a Bulls fan. Like, yeah, there's yeah, just not. Yeah. Like, you have to be, you can't be <laughs> from Chicago and not be, like, a big sports fan or a Bulls fan. Um, so I grew up, like, you know, just loving basketball, but I really liked baseball at first. Like, baseball was, like, my main love. Um, cause I would go to all the games with my grandma and like, I knew, like I was during Sammy Sosa days and like, uh, Mark okay. McGuire and like all those guys. And I, you know, I got to, we had season tickets. Like I'd be going all the time, but it was after the Steve Bartman game, that legendary game that I was at. Yeah. So tell me about that game. What happened at the game? Cause I don't have the information on that. What okay. <laughs> so I hate to relive it, but, um, they were making a playoff push and okay. they needed to win this game to advance to. I think it was, yeah, they, to advance to the World Series. Um, yeah. And they were up, like, a couple games to, like, maybe one or not, or something like that. I don't remember the full on, like, story behind it, but we're at the yeah. game. I'm thinking they're going to win. I'm all hyped up. And the guy, I think uh, Steve Bartman was in the left outfield, or he was in the, like, the, like left field. And uh, he intercepted what would have been maybe an out, with the guy that was in left field, I think it was Moises Alou at the time. Um, he intercepted the ball, caught it in the stands, and like the whole, all of Ridley Field just went dead silent. You can hear like a pin drop. Like we were just disgusted because we were like, it was kind of the turning point, you know, when it's like when you're watching a game and you see the momentum shift, it was like everything was going good. And then boom, that happened. The fan interfered. And then suddenly from there, they lost the game. Everything started going wrong. And then the next game, they ended up losing and then they did not make it to the World Series. So, uh Okay. I was that's devastated. Terrible. Got it. Yeah. I was devastated. I'm like, so I, oh my God. Calling you into basketball, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, not that the Bulls are, we're doing any better after that, but yeah. um, 
it was still like, I also kind of disconnect, like disassociated my feelings with sports. I didn't like, I stopped being like a super fan because I was like, I can't like deal with the heartbreak and just that, that feeling of like, damn, my team lost. I think only one other time was when the Bears were in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's tough. Like, it has to be like some type of uh, fanatic syndrome or something you feel when your team, like when my Ravens lost when they were 14 and two to the yeah. Tennessee Titans in the second round, I lost, I, I've never felt so low in my life. Like, yeah. yo, what is this? Is, is this like a, a, a hangover or like, it was, it was weird. So I can relate. Mm -hmm. um, that's why sports is so needed. And, you know, thank God that we still have basketball through the pandemic because, and, yeah. I, look, look, we had everything that you're in. We had the basketball. We had the Michael Jordan documentary, right? Mm -hmm. That that kept everything. us intrigued. Oh. That kept us on our, like, you know, that gave us something to give our energy to. So. Mm, that documentary. Yeah. I love, well, like, even though we weren't supposed to be out, like, I would meet up with, like, a friend, like, with a couple friends, like, the house. And we'd, like, you know, bring some White Claws or some wine over. It was, like, a holiday. <laughs> it was, like, yes, Sunday. Like, the documentary, yeah. like. It was, and then I'm just, you know, you're live tweeting during it. And it was just so yeah. much fun. Like, it was just, that was great. I, we need great. that. I feel like we need something like that every week. Thank God for basketball, right? Yes. Yes. Basketball. <laughs> so, like, see, it just, it's just so fun. I just love yeah, it. So let's, let's move a little bit into like women in sports. And yeah. I think the first question for you is that um, as a woman in sports, like what is, what works for you? And what is like your biggest challenge you have, you have experienced thus far? Hmm. That's tough. Well, right now, my biggest challenge is getting athletes consistently to do interviews during the season. Um, that's pretty hard. Um, but you know me, I'm relentless. I'll keep messaging like I don't care. Until you say no, I'm assuming it's a yes. I'm just gonna keep yeah. going, keep rolling with the punches and try to get it. Um, you know, I would say that's the most difficult part right now. Um, also, yeah. with the pandemic, it's been tough for, you know, to get hired with companies just because it's like no one's hiring right now. Everyone's kind of just like, I don't know what the future holds. And like, it's totally understandable. Thankfully, I'm still kind of in it, which is nice. Um, you know, I'm able to still do things, still kind of just keep my foot in the door, which is nice, too. Yeah. Um, and then I would say, like, the easiest part is just the, the connections I built over time. You know, and obviously yeah. that wasn't always easy, but um doing the research being consistent being persistent i i know i say it all the time but it's just being just true to who i am as well yeah. um but as a woman it just i don't think i really like saw any challenges in terms of not getting what i wanted i mean eventually i'm always going to get what i want because i keep you know putting the energy out there i keep i'm i'm, yeah. I'm persistent with it like i'm not going to just because I'm a girl, I'm not gonna be like, oh, I'm a girl, I have to give up now. Like, I'm never gonna be, you know, welcome in, you know, in a male-dominated industry. I think, I think that's the thing. I think that's the stereotype. I think that's the narrative. Like, from a man outside looking in, I'm thinking like, well, maybe women have more of a difficult position than a man in a basketball male-dominated sport. But maybe that's not the same for every woman, right? Yeah, it's not the same mm -hmm. for every female. And they're all, you know, ebbs and flows and pros and cons. But I think what I've noticed from you is like your determination not to quit, mm -hmm. you know, your determination not to give up and like, no, this is what I want to do. This is what I believe in. And then you're, you, you, you can challenge someone challenge. Like you can give information that people like, I didn't even know you had, um, mm -hmm. not to off a subject, but let's talk about a topic we talked about yesterday. We talked about Ben Simmons, right? And <laughs> yeah. you know, there are people that, that think Ben Simmons, she shoot the ball and he doesn't shoot the ball and people give him slack for that. But Ben Simmons is saying, like, hey, look, man, I play the best defense in the league. What's up? I'm that guy. And I was like, well, I think he's saying he's playing the greatest D ever this year because he's trying to deflate that he can't shoot. And he was like, well, no, I think that's a great PR stunt if that is a thing. But why not? It's nothing wrong with that. And I mm -hmm. think the way you broke it down in your context of what you were saying made me think about how I felt about it. I still mm -hmm. think he should shoot the ball. But, I mean, <laughs> He's a great athlete, you know, you can't knock that. I mean, he made it to the NBA. So I think things like that and it's like, I think outside looking in, the world has to give women an opportunity to say, hold on, she knows what she's talking about. She doesn't have to play the sports and know the sports. She studies the sports. She watches the sports. She reports mm -hmm. on the sport. So as a, a sports reporter, what is like 
a, a, a thing that happens that people don't know to prepare for like uh, you got to go live and you got to talk to an athlete on the court or post game or pregame like what is something that you do before you get to showtime that you prepare yourself for the game like how like what does that look like for you preparation before like say for instance you gotta like i've seen you interview um damian litter before i think you interviewed Derek rose i mean you interviewed a lot of superstars so what is your prep what is your preparation before you get to the game for you which is showing up and interviewing a, a, a nba guy a player well, first preparation is knowing who my subject is. Um, I do okay. my research. I study them inside and out. So I basically look at everything. I, yeah. I look up their, all their Instagram posts and I'm like, oh, well, maybe <laughs> there's something in there that I can ask about or something they posted a long time ago that like maybe is of interest to me. Um, like for example, like a guy like DeAndre Jordan, like I definitely want to interview him and I know that he likes gluten-free cookies. And uh, I interviewed one of his teammates one time and I go, here's some gluten-free cookies that I, you know, brought them ahead of time because I knew that I was going to, you know, see someone on his team or interview him. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm gonna give him a little gift, like gluten-free cookies. Um, so I do my research like that, where I try to find something about them that not everyone knows. And like, I'm giving so many gems right now. I feel bad for anyone that's not <laughs> <laughs> But um, I try to, this is how I be, this is how I'm different. Um, I also start, watching other people do interviews like people think like my inspiration my inspiration doesn't come from other sports reporters i watch no like there's some sports reporters that i look at that i'm like oh like i like their delivery i like okay. how they write i like how they do their broadcast i like their questions but like i go to other sources for different details and i get my interview questions from other people who are who are either coaches or their mentors or on YouTube. Like I find different types of interviews so I can stand out because what they're doing, it's not in sports. Sports yeah. is very like, if you know, if you watch some of these interviews, a lot of these people just talk about the sport and they just yeah. talk about basketball. Me, right. I like to go more in depth. Like I want to know you, like I want to know Bro, like your you're biggest. You're life path six. Exactly. Like, you know everything about me. You literally can break me down to a T. Right. Well, actually, we figured out you don't know everything about me, but you know right, a right. lot about me. You know enough. Yeah. But um, so that's the first thing that I do. And then, you know, I still get a little bit nervous, um, believe it or not, when I get on camera. Not all the time. I just, you know, just, you know, the butterflies oh, and kind of get I me was going. Were you? I was like, uh, six o'clock. Let's go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I still get a little nervous, but I've kind of learned to, I actually learned this from Mel Robbins, who's someone else that I kind of turn to when I'm watching, when I want to get, you know, better at my interviews. Five things. It's What's not the five, it's not the five second rule, but the five second rule was very inspirational book. Um, and I really enjoyed reading it. She's just one of those people that, um, I turn to like whenever I like, I'm like seeking answers um, for something, but she taught me how to control my nerves. So mm. how to control my nerves. Yeah, give me an example. So there's a couple things. Deep breaths, inhale, exhale, before an interview. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath, yep, that's how you, yeah. And it calms you down, 10 deep breaths. And then also you wanna shift your focus from being nervous too excited it's the same feeling you get in your stomach where you're excited and you're nervous if you're nervous that's like a negative that's negative right like oh i'm so nervous like what if it fails what if it doesn't do well what if i stumble or mess up but when you shift it over to like i'm so excited i get to interview this person today like i'm just so stoked like this is gonna be great i'm gonna knock it out of the ballpark um so those are kinds of things that i do before interviews you know so the preparation knowing my subject coming up with, with questions, watching different YouTube videos to see how I can better myself and better my questions, better my inflection, my delivery. And then I calm my nerves down. And then by the time the interview comes, like, I'm feeling good. I make them feel comfortable. I'm like, hey, like, what's up? So yeah, you know, I make it feel comfortable. In there. So you said you watch other people from other sources, not just sports. So who is your biggest person that does great interview that you look up to that will inspire you? Is it Oprah? Is it Mel Robbins? Is it uh, Robin Roberts? Uh, is it 
David Rubenstein, like, you know, all these powerful people, like who inspires you the most? I love Oprah because she's really good at listening. She's very grounded and present when she's interviewing someone. I'm like, damn, she's good. Damn, she's good. Sweet of Oprah is definitely yeah. one of mine for sure. Um, she's definitely always been an inspiration. I would say my, like my two biggest inspirations for what I do and what I want to achieve down the road. Like I want to be both Oprah and um, Chelsea Handler. I watched a lot of Chelsea lately when it was on E! And I freaking love just like her attitude, her sassiness and just like her joke. So like when the time is right, depending on the interview, I can kind of implement my Chelsea Handler side to me where I can like, you've seen my goofy side. You, you know who I am. Most yeah. people don't get to see that side of me because I'm very, uh, I am pretty closed off. Um, when I feel like when I'm in person with people, that's when they can really see who I am. Yeah. But when it comes to like being on camera, I still want to present myself in a certain way. And I don't feel like everyone needs to know everything about my personality. But um, I do have that kind of side where I'm really, you know, silly. But then there's also the Oprah side where I can have like really deep conversations with people um, that I feel like can not only impact my subject and, and me, but also impact people who are listening. So I would say right. those two, um, I love, uh, is it Tom Ballou, uh with Impact Theory? Yeah. Um, um, or is it Tim Ballou? Is it Tim Ballou or Tom Ballou? Tom, um, Tom. Tom, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tom Ballou, the Impact Theory is um, one of my favorites. I would always, like, on my way to work or on my way places, I would always, you know, listen to it on YouTube. Uh, Jay Shetty is another one. Um, he gets Shetty. some, I love him. Like, I just, I love his story. I'm actually in the process of reading his book right now. I'm actually listening to the Audible, uh, Think Like yeah. a Monk. Um, yeah. And I try to implement some of those practices into what I do every day. Um, it just helps me understand people more. So when you hear about other people share their experiences and why they behave the way they behave, it helps me do my interviews because I kind of get to, and also like researching these athletes. I do what, you know, I, I do the website you sent me with the Zodiac sign and stuff. I do like deep dives into who these players are. And um, a lot of it's pretty on point. And I've tested it out before because during one of my interviews, I was like, you know, are you, are you one of these guys that does this or does this? And he and I knew what he was going to answer. And he answered the way that I knew he was going to answer. And I'm like, I knew you were going to say that. He's like, how? I'm like, there's this website. And I sent it to him later on. I'm like, this is the website um, that kind of just gave me, you know, broke down your zodiac sign. But um, yeah, those are some of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm going to challenge you. I would say moving forward, maybe you should add a little bit of Chelsea and Oprah in your interviews. Not that you don't, but maybe in every interview, there's a joke. And you can yeah. create the for each player. <laughs> That's funny to kind of like the movie. You probably already do it, but you know what I mean. Just be I do, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be careful with some of these guys, though. Yeah, some yeah, of yeah, these yeah. guys are very sensitive. You can't make yeah. any jokes. Yeah. Like if they miss a free throw, and you know, a couple if they go over six from the line, and then I'm interviewing them the next day, I'll be like, bro, yeah. like <laughs> make your free throws. <laughs> you do your research and you try to understand. Uh, it's a great quote that I always use that I came up with. And it's a uh, seek to understand mm -hmm. then to be understood. Because most times when we're speaking or interviewing someone, um, we seek to be understood. Understand me, understand me. So mm -hmm. I reverse and say seek to understand then to be understood. Like understand that, that you can be present for them and not try to get them, look, I do this too. And we do it subconsciously because it's kind of human nature. Mm -hmm. But on the outside looking in, when you can just force yourself to understand someone, it's, it's perfect. Um, so you interviewed a lot of guys, a lot of NBA players. Like, I mean, you got LaMelo Ball way before he was in the league. Mm -hmm. I think you did Damian Lillard. We said mm -hmm. Derek Rose. Uh, you get Devin Booker. You got Devin Booker before, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I don't know the others, but who is your greatest, your funnest or most, I know you got Jamal Murray this summer, um, Kendrick Perkins, you know, former NBA guy. Who is, uh one of your greatest interviews or fun to interview this year. Oh, you got D-Wade. You got D-Wade, Capricorn, because you're a Capricorn. I shot yep. D-Wade. Good guy. Um, <laughs> so from you, like, what was one of your most memorable or funnest interviews that you've done, Maybe, you know, for you? Like, that you, like, you always remember, like, this was great. Or someone who shot you in an interview. Like, I didn't think they had that much in them, you know? Huh. 
Um, I mean, there, a lot of guys shock me. There's a lot of guys that I'm not sure like how they're going to be on camera and they end up like, they don't want to leave the conversation or they say, wow, this felt like a, they're like, this felt like a therapy session. Like this was great. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Then, and then we also kind of reverse it. And I let them ask me questions, which I think is kind of fun too. Instead of like them always being asked the questions, I'm like, yo, like ask me a couple things. Like I'm super, I'm open. I'm very transparent, but Ooh, a couple interviews. So like, I kind of have them broken down in tiers. Um, with, you know, the reason why I like the certain interviews. Um, one of the interviews that stands out, obviously, Dwayne Wade, um, when I first interviewed him on his, when he's on his, uh, when, before he retired, he was on his farewell tour. And um, I met him in the hallway after, you know, one of the workouts. And I just started, we're all in like a scrum setting. And I just started rattling off questions. I was so freaking prepared. And that goes back to being prepared. Yeah. You know, that goes yeah. back to being like, I know what my questions are going to be. I know exactly how I'm going to word them. And like, I'm going to take over that interview. And, you know, I let a couple reporters ask some questions and then I just took over. Me and him just having a conversation back and forth. I just didn't even realize anyone was there at that point. I just kept, you know, going on and on and on. Oh. And um, actually one of my, uh, one of my videos, one of my questions went viral. Um, Cause I asked him about the Rose, all of us from Chi town but you know, I kind of asked him about, uh, you know, when he was playing with him or, went just how he's been able to overcome injury and things like that. And how he said that his son, that he wants to see how his, he would want, he's going to have his son practice or learn from any player he'd want it to be D Rose. So I thought Ooh. that was really cool. Yeah. Um, that one. Say, that's good information. Why did he say D Rose? He wanted to learn from D Rose. What was the. Because I had kind of, I asked him a question about it. I had asked him a question no, about. D Rose that he, why he would want oh. his son over. Did he tell you? The, the way that he trains, the way that he prepares for games, the way that he's been rehabbing, the way that he's been um, just his whole, just his mindset. Like for him to come back from all those injuries and all and getting traded and like all that that went down and him being able to bounce back, that was just incredible. Um, so just the work ethic standpoint, he's like, yo, D-Rose got it. Like that's that guy. But um, so I would say Dwayne Wade and then I obviously I interviewed him again. Um, yep. in my, in a studio and he was like, wow, like, look at you, you're in a studio and, uh, <laughs> sure, you know, we come a long way from the hallway. Yeah. I came a long way from the hallway. Um, so that was a pretty significant moment in my life. Um, and I got to, you know, it was my own interview where I got to ask him questions and not have to cater it to just, you know, things that were going on at the time, but it was more so like his career where he's at now. Um, yeah. Talked a lot about family. Like, I love that aspect. D Rose was another one. Um, obviously, like, he's my hometown hero. I love Derek Rose. Um, I was like shaking. Like, I, I don't get starstruck, believe it or not, anymore. But with him, I was like, like, just, I couldn't control myself. And you could kind of hear my voice. It starts to get a little high pitch when I get nervous. And you could hear it, but my voice is cracking a little bit. But we got it done, and it was a great interview. Um, that one really did well too. And then, I mean, Charles Barkley was a great one. I mean, my grandma, I wish my grandma oh. could have seen this. Like, I really, I'm like living through her or she's living through me right now. She was there, she was there. I know she was. Um, so there's just certain things where it's like, oh, I just want to like, you know, I would have wanted to like, you know, consult with her first. Like, hey, like what questions do you want me to ask, you know? Um, cause she would have been so excited for that one. And then even like a guy like Paul Pierce, the reason I liked that interview, um, a lot was because I was in a different element and I got to take a player out of his element to where we're okay. both, you know, smoking hookah and drinking wine together. Like if I can do something like that all the time, you know, obviously if there's not like, I still think there's like a bad connotation of smoking, you know, hookah and like drinking yeah, wine. Yeah. It's like, Oh, like, you know, I don't know if teams would approve of that or agents would sure. like that. A new show and a new Ashley show. You know, I have a lot of different ideas up my sleeve. It's <laughs> just I just need the players to cooperate and and you know yeah. see the vision and understand. But like, yo, sipping wine, smoking hookah, like just a chill environment. Um, I just think like that was just one of those things in terms of creativity that yeah. I really enjoyed, and it was at his hookah spot too. So that was really cool. That's dope. So look, let's get into the NBA season. Okay. So, question. When you think Talk of the NBA season for 2020, 2021, what's the first word that comes up to mind? What's the first word for you? 
<laughs> that's a tough question. Um, honestly, I, the, the second you mentioned it, I was like, injuries. Like, that's the first oh, one yes, I'm thinking yes, of. Yes, you re- Listen, that's injuries. what I want to talk about, Ashley. So here's the thing. Uh, let's send out energy and love and light to LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, he found out he had an irregular heartbeat, I think, last night when he was playing. So he decided the next day to retire and put his health and his family first. Um, but LaMelo Ball broke his wrist this year. He's out for the season. LeBron, and mm-hmm. out indefinitely, you know, ankle injury. Um, Steph Carrot, he bruised his – I mean, he's back, but, you know, who else? Uh, Mark uh, – Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. And then there was just uh, – Another um, one of uh, who was it? James Wiseman, I think that I just read. One of the yeah, rookies. Like, he's out for he's, the season he, too. Oh, Jamal Murray. Yeah, Jamal Murray as well. ACL. So my oh, question. Like, devastating. The NBA has been on fire. Mm-hmm. Like they need to create another league. The D League ain't enough, but the G League is not enough. They need mm-hmm. to create another league because these boys can flat out do it. Luca last night. I know. I mean. Crazy. Incredible, incredulous, right? So here's mm-hmm. the thing. Do you think and believe that the career expectancy of these players will be more than 10 years? All the players come in the league now and then? Because I feel like they're going to get injured, and then their career is not going to be the same. Now, some guys come back better or smarter. Um, Paul George came back pretty decent, pretty good. You know, he's mm-hmm. killing it now. Um, um, KD looks fine. Um, Kyrie always are, you know, like, but what do you think the future of the NBA will be if you have to think about injuries? Do you think it's going to be as great as we see now, five years from now, or you think it's going to kind of like die out and then it's going to kind of like the players who really are take care of their bodies, who are, I mean, maybe athletic, of course, but more consistent in like their regiment, like taking care of their body, eating healthy, um, because it's scary, man. Like, even with uh, Ja Morant, he injured his ankle early this year. That scared me. I'm like, damn, we can't get him out. Yeah. Zion out last year for damn near the entire year. Mm-hmm. So it just, you know, what do you think is going to happen moving forward, all these injuries? So there's a couple elements, a couple moving pieces. So with the, with the season this year, they had a shortened off season. number one. Number two... Uh, they have a lot of back-to-backs right now. Um, so there's sometimes they're getting maybe a two-day break, but most of the time they get one-day break, and then oh, they're yeah. back. And they're not – they get one day in between games. They're not practicing. They're not getting loose on those off days. Um, maybe getting a little lift in. And then there's a lot of back-to-backs. So you're playing a game, and you gotta you got to hop on – literally you leave town that night after the game. You're on an airplane. And then you land to the next city at like, what, three in the morning, something like that. Or whenever you get in, you get, you have to get COVID tested like twice or three times a day, meaning you need to wake up early to make sure that you're at that, you know, appointment to get tested. If you don't, uh, you're obviously not going to be able to play. So I think that, I think COVID has kind of made things a little tricky, but then also I think shortening the season um, is why there's all the back to back. So I don't think that guys are getting proper rest um recovery um and then also too you know it's kind of like well on the flip side there's a lot more technology there's a lot more things you could do to recover you know there's a lot more um research on diets and certain equipment and technology that can help you um recover quicker i mean you know they have those little those little uh, those compression compression pads that the guys are wearing um yeah, yeah I mean, the ice baths, cryo, they have, you know, you know, steam, sauna, massages, uh, different types of treatments, um, yeah. acupuncture. I mean, there's a million different things that these guys can do uh, to recover their bodies. But I do think the shortened season is causing a lot of these injuries. So yeah, summed it up for me, you know, that little bit of information makes sense. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I've heard of it. But the way you broke it down, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. You're only getting one day off and they right back at it. Of course, mm-hmm. like these guys are going jumping and running some of these guys are playing the entire game and i can't move after a day of leg day i'm yeah. like sore for a week so, <laughs> like oh my god i i've just never seen an nba where everybody can just go everybody everybody can just that boy from uh 
the Lakers, uh, what's his name? Um, Talon Horton, Horton, he's from Chicago. What is mm-hmm. Simeon? What's his name? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what is his name? Do you know his name? Uh, Talon Horton, Talon Horton Tucker. Tucker, that yeah. guy can flat out do it. Like, yes. He's on the yo-yo like he ran the way. Mm-hmm. Like, when he, gets, when he gets playing time. When he yeah, but yeah. I, I watched him like closely. Like this guy is good. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, the Jazz, the Zion's, the, the Devin Bookers. Mm-hmm. Um, Zion um, or uh, uh, Devin's a star. Kevin Durant. Devin's um, a star. So I, I just it's so much competition. These mm-hmm. guys are competing at a high. It looks like a turned up AAU tournament out there because everybody mm-hmm. can 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 really ball. Um, I think. For me, in my perspective, I think the NBA Finals and who's going to win is going to come down to coaching and um, attention to details, right? The little things that make up for the big games, the big games, mm-hmm. the big, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, for, from what you're seeing this year, who do you think is the MVP right now? If you uh. had to pick. Be honest. <laughs> be honest. Don't be biased. Be honest. Don't be biased. <laughs> um... Man, I gotta roll with Chris Paul. Okay, here's here's why. Like, you know, he impacts every single team he plays for. And I get that everyone wants to look at the stats and like, oh, like 16 points a game, like isn't, you know, MVP worthy. So I can make cases for two different people, okay? Like Chris Paul, I feel like deserves it because just his impact alone, like, the Suns, yeah, they have everything they truly need, I feel like, to make it to the Look, finals. Are they in the what? third or second in the West? They're in second in the West. Wow, really? They're in second in the West, and there was at one point they were at second in the entire league. So, which is one crazy. Hmm? Who's number one in the West? Jazz. Oh, wow. The Jazz, yeah. See, no one even, like, knows that. Like, the Jazz yeah, yeah, don't yeah. get enough attention. Like, no one cares about the Jazz. <laughs> Uh, everyone's like, oh, the jazz. And it's funny because, like, Donovan and, like, Donovan probably deserves to, like, well, potentially look. be MVP, but they got that sixth man, uh, you know, the sixth man of the year coming off the bench. So, I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. That boy, Donovan, got some fire under him. First I know. All, nuggets last year. That hurt. Right? Then mm-hmm. Shaq comments. I feel, I feel like after those Shaq comments, he just turned it up. Like, okay. I know. Ooh. You know what? Shaq is horrible for that. But um, but I, I think Chris Paul needs to get in the discussion. Um, yeah. My guy, Nikola Jokic, is just just watching him yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good. play he's the good. game. Like, Barton, too, man. Baltimore Knicks. Who? Will Barton. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Your guy. Your guy. Um, but Nikola Jokic, he just does – you can't stop him. I mean, yeah. it's crazy because, like, like – a bad game for him is like 20 points and 10 rebounds. Like, oh, he had a, you know, like an okay game. And it wasn't that good. And it's like, people expect him to be putting up like 30 points a night, 15 rebounds, 10 assists. I mean, at one point he was leading the league in assists and he's a big man. Just watching how he um, orchestrates the floor. I think he's just one of those guys that he just impacts the game at such a high level. And now without Murray, He's, he's gonna have to player. step it up. He's gonna. Yeah. He, he's a, he's a big man. Yeah. He's he's a. What what does my friend call him? He calls him a. Is it a big guard or he calls him something? But um, yeah. yeah. He's a guard, but he's also you know a big man, obviously. So he's kind of changed the game. So, um, and like and uh, like Winston said, like Damian Lillard, you can make a case for him too. There's so many guys. Just, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. Yeah. Yep. He does. Joel so, Embiid. Um, any of Joel, them. MVP. That's that's my pick for now. Um, Who? I think Joe Joel Embiid. Okay. I think he. I mean he's shown. I mean best. I mean he's doing it. Um. So to piggyback off the CP3, because I under the way you explain it, it makes sense. He should be most valuable player, not mm-hmm. the most popular player who scores all the points to yep. win for his team. Um. Mm-hmm. Do you think Williams should be Coach of the Year? Who gets Coach Coach of the Year? For the regular season. Because they've been doing good this year. I mean, why not? Like, why wouldn't he get coach of the year? But, I mean, you can make a case for Doc Rivers, you know? But, I mean, I think what Monty – I think what Monty's been able to do – no one expected the Suns to be where they're at right now um, at all. 
But I think like with the combination of who they have is just, they're making it work. And I think Monty's just one of those coaches where he's been there, done that. I mean, he's, he's been to the playoffs before he knows how to coach superstar talent. And I'm going to go with Monty on that one. But I do think like you mentioned in the playoffs though, um, it's going to kind of come down to coaching. I mean, we're, it's going to come down to the best coaches and how to the detail. Yeah. To the detail. So we're going to see, we're going to see Monty, but Ma- I'm going to go with Monty and I'm going to go with CP3 as my MVP. Um, I don't care what anyone says. I've heard it all. No, it's cool. I like Stupid, it. blah, blah, blah. He's so got, not, he, he's just got, the way he impacts the game. We got MVP. We got coach. Who gets most improved this year? Oh, that's yeah. a tough one. You're going to need to give me a list of players because that's a tough one. Is, is, I don't see. I don't know how. What's his name? Uh, what's the guy from Kansas that plays in Charlotte who averaged like nineteen last year? I don't know what his year was like this year. Uh, is it Deontay Graham? Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham. Graham. That was last year that he could have potentially got it. But I yeah, think. he didn't. Really, I think Jalen Brown, Brown been showing up this year. I like Jalen Brown. He is. Brown. He's playing good. Um, He's playing good. Who else has been playing good this year that stood out this year? Uh. I don't know. No, no, nobody else that stands out that I know. I mean, you watch more basketball than I. I do. mean, another guy in the Hornets that I think's been playing really well is Terry Rozier. Terry, Terry, Terry. Terry Rozier's been playing really good. Um, Julius Randle with the Knicks has been oh, playing really Julius. good. Julius yeah, good. that's another like one. That's so funny. Winston just said it at the same time as me. Wow, great minds think alike. I'd probably say Julius Randle. Um, I think he's kind of put the Knicks on the map. Um, no one thought the Knicks were going to go anywhere. I mean, let's be real. I mean, he could say, I mean, he's been in the league for a long time, but I mean, what if he gets six man and most improved? Jordan Clarkson. I mean, that guy's. I feel like Jordan's like, always been balling though, but I think he's on like another level right now. But I feel like Jordan's yeah. always been a bucket. Jordan's always been a bucket, but six man of the year, absolutely, one hundred percent. Like it's it's crazy because you could almost give him the MVP. I know that sounds that sounds wild, but there's been so many games that if it wasn't for him going off, they wouldn't they wouldn't be where they are right now. So, like, technically, like, I wonder if that would ever happen, but it probably wouldn't. Like, if you're a sixth man, like, you can't be an MVP. But we saw Andre Iguodala win an NBA Finals MVP. Like, come on. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. we got to ask by most improved, what about defensive player of the year? I mean, you got Rudy Gobert. Who else is locking, you know, things up these days? I mean, there's this year. other guy I think is starts with a B and last name starts with an S or something. I don't know. I forgot, I forgot <laughs> who it is. <laughs> ben Simmons. But seriously, do you really think he deserved defensive player of the year? Like, seriously. Because when you push your narrative with something and it kind of like, oh, I can see that, then you'd be like, yeah, of course, but we're, we're not looking at it like that. Then how do we really know? I just kind of want to know, like, when they're choosing this kind of yeah. – when they're choosing anything. I just, I just want to know, like, what the criteria is. Same thing with MVP. Like – it's political. It's always political. It's always political, I which I. About, it's not about who's the who, who's the best. It's the most popular. Who's going to make sense for Ben Simmons is obviously the most popular. I mean, think think of who who's his agent. You know what what agency he's with. Like just oh, yeah. think about like yeah. yeah. So like you have to think like it is politics. Like there's politics in sports. And like mm-hmm. I, when I told you when um you sent me the video of like oh Ben Ben Simmons hasn't you know, locked up some of the best players in the league and he's bad offensively, but he's so, you know, fixated on, you know, his defense. But I'm like, that's a PR move right there. That's a PR move. Because if you think about it, like a lot of these guys, there's a little secret that I know is that like when you hear certain information get leaked to media or like certain things or blah, 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 like that stuff is like that strategy. There's reasons for that, you know? So there's reasons like why he's saying what he's saying and there's reasons why, like, cause like usually players, not all of them, but like most players, like they don't always like like to really talk about themselves or like push for certain things. But think about, you know, when Damian Lillard was like, yo, I got snubbed for all-star, you know, that, that a couple of years ago, like, you know, what the hell? He's been an all-star ever since. You know, when you think about certain guys who literally, you know, went on to talk to media about certain things, they get what they want. Um, but I do think Ben Simmons is one of the best defenders in the league. Um, absolutely. I mean, but then when, then when I, when I was talking to you about, you know, maybe he can't lock down Kevin Durant and LeBron James for four quarters, but who the hell can, 
yeah, yeah, can, you know, no, <laughs> like really. no one can. So it's one of those. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to be perfect. So, so speaking of those two amazing athletes, uh, I've watched both of them closely. Shouts out to Katie and LeBron. Big fans. Um, really a big LeBron fan. But I love Katie's just determination to be great. Um, who wins the NBA finals this year? God willing, everybody's healthy and in shape. Who wins? <laughs> who gets there and gets the chip? Like, who wins and gets the chip? Or who gets, by the way, who gets there? And then who's your wild card who, like, might surprisingly get there that we're not thinking about? Well, I think the Suns might maybe get there. <laughs> Yo, I gotta ride. I gotta ride for the home team. Come on, and they they beat they beat some quality. They beat some quality teams this year. And most improved, Zach Levine. Zach Levine, most improved. Ooh, I'm going with Julius. I'm going with Julius only based on record. I feel like aren't the Knicks better than the Bulls right now? The Bulls have been. Ugh, I don't even want to go there. Um, it's a toss up. But the Suns. I think everyone's okay. been underestimating them. They're going to be that wild card team everyone's shocked by, even though they shouldn't. Like, I don't know. If the, no one's really watching the games, clearly, but they have everything they need but from veteran players to young players, but they're not too young. They're kind of, like, getting seasoned and improving as they go. And then yeah. also they have such a squad off the bench. Like, I don't think people realize, like, these guys can shoot threes. Like, these guys are – they're yeah, shooters. Like twenty six last night, like damn, Jay. The other night, yeah, they. I think the other night against the Rockets, they shot like a. Was it a? I'm trying to think. I think it was like they made history. They shot like twenty two threes in in a night, or like twenty twenty two to twenty five threes. So yeah. I think the Suns can surprise a lot of people. I think they do have all the pieces they need, and what I can tell different from previous years is like the veterans and the and the players that um, have come to the team. They are all very like, – a lot of them are very family-oriented, and they all, like, don't really have any distractions anymore. They're not, like, oh, young. They're okay. very – they're locked Adam. in. They're locked yeah. in. They've got like, – they most of – a lot of them got families. A lot of them are not doing anything. Like, they're very – I think, like, Monty also, like – you know, he's very spiritual, too. I think he's kind of, like, you know, changed like the locker the, room. Of the, of the, of the yeah, sons? like a Mark Jackson. Yes. Yeah. So he's also brought, like, his style into the locker room. Um, which I really love. And then I think, listen, I can't count LeBron James out ever. Like, I just I just can't. But if they're not healthy, like, if AD and, and LeBron aren't back and they're not healthy, like, there's just no way, like, that they're yeah. going to be able to win. And I also don't think that they have a ton of depth, so it's kind of scary to me. But you got the Clippers out in the West who picked up this guy named Rajon Rondo, playoff Rondo, um, that I think, like, can make an impact, but I mean, the Nets. I love Rondo. Rondo's a Pisces. Shouts out to Rondo. He gonna get in your skin. He gonna play hard, but they need more than Rondo to win. It's gonna come down to coaching for them. Yeah. I feel like they get playoffs. I don't know. They get confused. I think Paul and um, Kawhi gotta establish okay who is one and who is two. You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, Kawhi is obviously one and PG's two. You say what? Kawhi is obviously one and PG's two. Like, I'm putting up numbers. One, you know what I mean? Put up 36, yeah. 33, 28. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm saying when you eventually say it, like when LeBron say no, AD's the guy, he gives him that energy, even though he still shows up the guy. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, off run for, for for any team. Um, I like the Nuggets as a wild card as well as the Blazers. The Nuggets um, without Jamal though. I don't know. I just they've been playing together for so long. All those guys. I don't know. I just feel like. Oh, the Jazz. The Jazz as well. Let's put the Jazz in there. I, I think they have what it takes. But um, East yeah. East is going to be between the Sixers and the Nets, but I'm going to take the Nets. Okay, Nets for I'm sure. I'm going to take yeah. the Nets. But, I mean, they need to be healthy, you know? Like, Wildcard, Boston Celtics, shouts out to Jace. What's it, Jason, Jason Tatum? Is his name Jason? Yep. Jason his name's Tatum. Jason. Like Jason Tatum, Jason yeah. Tatum. They're, um, you know, they're playing good. They're, they're making a little run right now because I was a little concerned yeah. about them. Uh, down oh, yeah. the stretch. Aaron Gordon, Jamal points. That's that's a fact. I like Aaron yep. Gordon. Yep. But Jamal is still that guy that you want in crunch time. He's oh, yeah. that guy, like, man, right. like, who? Yeah. I mean, and, they, you know, they, they were able to fill the void. So Aaron Gordon was able to fill the void for Jeremy Grant, who obviously was, you know, a big part of their bubble run last year as well. 
Um, but, uh, and then also, okay, the Miami Heat, you got to give them some love. They made it, you know, to the, they made they, it to the finals. <laughs> they still hung over from the finals, man. I feel like they gave everything they had, man. But we'll see what a playoff. They got Tyler Hero now. Like, where is that guy? Where's Kendrick Nunn? Is he still in the league? Like, where's he? He's with the Heat. Oh, okay. Maybe he's not making noise like he was last year. I mean, um, they got a pretty, they got a pretty big, a big roster. Yeah, that's true. That's that's true. They got they got so, they actually have a they have a deep team. They really do. If, yeah. if, if Victor Oladipo can stay healthy. Um. So we talked about women in sports. You know, we talked about you know preparation and work ethic and being prepared when the job is there. Doing your due diligence, doing your research. Um. We got our NBA selections and picks. Mm -hmm. But can you give the people a little bit of like um feedback on like what does it take to be uh, an NBA reporter and producer? And more importantly, what advice would you give a young lady or male that want to be in a position you're in or even get to that level? Like, what does it take? What does it look like? And what you think they should uh, keep in the front of their mind when they're thinking about this path or career for them? Ooh. It's very competitive. Um, you're going uh -oh. to get a lot of people in your ear being like, everyone wants to do that. Not everyone makes it. Not everyone's going to be the next blah, blah, blah. Not everyone's going to be the next Rachel Nichols or the next Doris Burke or the next Stephen A. Smith. And it's like, you know, I've had to kind of doubt, I've had to like kind of tell the naysayers, you know, nicely to like, I'm not going to listen to you. So you're going to get a lot of people that try to tell you like, oh, not going to make a lot of money. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. Oh, you should just, you know, settle for the nine to five job. Not saying that's a bad thing, but you know, I've heard a lot of people be like, oh, I, you know, I gave up sports because I, you know, I wanted to make money or be, um, you know, in corporate or whatever. But um, I just stay with it, you know, stay with it. I mean, not everybody is, you know, those people who tell you to give up on your dreams are people that gave up on theirs and they just don't have faith in themselves. And so you're going to get a lot of people that try to tell you not to do something. Um, just stay with it. Um, also go to as many career conferences as possible. I, you know, I spent a lot of money. I invested a lot of money into myself. I traveled to any sports career conference. You know, they showed us the panel who was going to be there. Oh, that guy from ESPN. Oh, that guy from this team. Like, hell yeah. Like I'm going to go to this. And, you know, I, I, that's how I got kind of also got started is I went to a career conference and I met a lot of people at ESPN. I met a lot of people in the NBA industry. And that's also another thing with basketball is that it's just a tight knit group. I met so many coaches, um, GMs, presidents of teams, and just putting yourself out there, you know, posting yeah. things, posting stuff on social media. Like I can't tell you how many times, you know, reporters, uh, when I was, you know, coaching a little bit and mentoring, I was giving, you know, people like instruction, like, okay, this is what you need to do every day. Because there was a point where I was posting on Instagram every day. My, it was called Ash Talk. Um, welcome uh, to this edition of, you know, Ash Talk, like a spinoff trash talk. But, you know, I would, you know, give it like an NBA update and I would, you know, throw in my Chelsea Handler twist and make it <laughs> funny. And um, I was doing it every day. Like one of my friends was like, dude, like you need to post content every day. Like you need to show your personality. You need to do this and do that. And I see now a lot of people that like want it, they say they want it, but they don't put in the work. They want you to, you know, get, feed them with a spoon and be like, oh, like, you know, coddle them. And it's like, I'm not going to give you my connections. No, I'm not going to put you in contact with this person. Like, no, I'm not going to do all this for you. Like, I'm not going to, you know, hand over everything to you. And it's been, this has been like years. This has been like eight, nine years of consistency. You got to earn your keep. You got to put in the work. And I yes. think um, someone in your position, putting in the work, um, getting the experiences that brings the wisdom, allows you to transform and evolve in a different manner each year because you're meeting new people, you're interviewing new people, you're learning new things, you're becoming a new person. Mm -hmm. You know, always, if you're not willing to change your mind, you can't really change your life. Now, mm -hmm. uh, you got to shift your paradigm on the things you believe in. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to wrap really soon before we wrap. I have a fun rapid fire questionnaire for you. Ooh, I like games. Okay. I want to know what you're thinking with these questions. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready to go. You sure? <laughs> I you think so. Let me take a sip of water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay, <laughs> let's go. Ready. Allen Iverson or Kyrie Irving? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. yeah. What you got? Come on. Allen Iverson. Got it. Michael Jordan or LeBron James? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you ask me this question? Ugh. I hate this question. <laughs> I hate this question. I like both of them. Ugh. You gotta pick one. You only can pick one. One is fine. Michael Jordan. Okay. Um, NBA Finals or the NCAA Tournament? Final Four versus the NBA Finals. NBA Finals. NBA Finals. Oh, okay. Shocking. I thought she was gonna say the tournament. I'm not gonna lie. I like the tournament, uh, but like NBA Finals, like I live for. I love the NBA. Uh, the Wildcats in Arizona, <laughs> or the Suns in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> not the Sun Devils, right? The Suns, the Phoenix Suns, <laughs> not the Sun Devils. Phoenix Suns. I'm gonna go with the Suns right now. Like the Wildcats are horrible. Like, I can't even. Turn your back on your alma mater. Okay. Except uh, the, the women's basketball team uh, made it to the championship round, so that was exciting. But the basketball oh team has been nothing but disappointment year in and year out. So, yeah. So, for Ashley, when – if it comes to a man, does she prefer oh. the type, the athlete, or the businessman? Ah. Mm. Uh. Does it, okay, so I have a question, though. Does yeah. the business does the businessman still take care of his body? Hey, I can't give you them details. You just gotta go off your gut. Like no. athlete, when you think of athlete, you think of businessman, what do you gravitate more? Ooh. There's no right or wrong. Uh, just, I'm just trying to see, you know. Honestly, you like but what you if you have sports? a businessman that is an athlete? I don't know which one do you prefer. It can oh, be so. both. It can be a combination of both. Um, I mean, there's nothing like a guy in a student tie holding a briefcase. Got it. All cleaned up and not, you know, all cleaned up. Businessman. Sophisticated. Huh? Ooh, okay. yeah. Okay, give me a oh. businessman. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so. We didn't really discuss too much of women's basketball, but um, I had a question. Shouts out to the Hoop Lord, a good friend of mine. And he believed that the women, WNBA, should lower their hoops to get more of an entertainment, a more entertaining game. Um, and maybe they'll get paid more money. What do you think? And what is your overall thoughts of, of women's basketball? And how can we get, how can women's basketball get more ratings and more attention from Ashley Neville's perspective? Well, first things first, like I don't always <laughs> think it's fair um, for men to chime in on a sport that they're technically not playing or not involved in. Um, so I don't <laughs> think it's fair. And the same thing with me though, the same thing with me. Like, I don't think it's oh. fair for me to also say that that WNBA should do this because I'm not in the sport. I'm not playing this. I'm not there. I'm not on the court. So I think like asking other WNBA players is the way to go because they're the ones that have to play. And if, and like Candace Parker was like, I'm not doing that. Like she, she was on TNT, you know, with Shaq and Dwayne Wade, they, they are on there every Tuesday and Shaq, you know, started the discussion and talked about that. And she's like, no, like, we're not doing that. Like, I don't, we don't want to do that. Now, would I love to watch women dunk, like windmill dunks? Like, hell yeah, I would love to watch that. Oh, yeah. I, I would love that. Uh, maybe they can try it. Maybe they can, like, do something in the preseason where they can lower it and see, like, how it works. I mean, I know Adam Silver is always implementing new ways to make the game interesting or make the game quicker, you know. Yeah. Um, but I do think that – it's up to the WNBA players to make that decision. Um, would I enjoy it? Who wouldn't enjoy anyone dunking? Like that's, you know, that's the beauty of the game. Um, but, you know, and then in terms of, you know, I saw someone talk about equal pay. Um, I do think that they should get, you know, more, but again, like it's, you know, marketing 
dollars. And I do, I don't feel like the WNBA does enough to promote their players. And I tried to make this point the other day. Um, I forgot what kind what post it was, but I was like, if you have a product and you know how to sell the product, you know how to market it, you know how to make it yeah. fun and interesting. Like I feel like the women's, the women's college tournament this year was so fun to watch. Like it was so exciting. Um, and I think it's also because of social media, a lot of the players are starting to get more involved. They're starting to really put themselves out there. So I just feel like from a marketing standpoint, the WNBA can do so much better um, in that respect. Um, but these NBA players, I mean, they're getting paid off of the TV deals, the marketing dollars, the merchandise, like they're getting paid off all these things. So the WNBA should also have more games. You know, they should have more games on, you know, ESPN. More games on ABC, which is obviously, um, you know, an ESPN owned by Disney. Um, but then also like on TNT, you know, they, there should be, you know, maybe a game or, a, you know, a game, a, a game a week or, you know, just a little bit more publicity on, on, on NBA TV. So I just feel like it, it starts with the people who own the team to, to make those deals, to make those TV deals and to just make it more exciting. Spend more money on the marketing dollars. Spend more money on social media. You know, like before, when I first started getting into the industry, like no one was doing any of the social media stuff. Like I brought my phone to summer league and I'm filming everything. I'm posting everything. So social media is at its peak right now. And I think it's going it, to, this is here to stay. You know, people want to go to social media. So you have to, you have to do more to promote your product. You need to, yeah, to do more. Right. You need to do okay. more to get more. You need to invest money into the into the TV yeah. deals. Yeah, you need yeah. to invest way more. Well, I mean, this was beautiful. I know a little bit more about you today, young lady. <laughs> um, your conversation. Um, so before we get out of here, where can we find you? What do you have going on? What could we look forward to for Ashley? And by the way, I know this is probably a rhetorical question, but I want to make sure I'm saying it right. How do I properly say your last name? Is it <laughs> like how do you really say it? I want to make sure I say it. You know what I love? You always yeah. say it wrong, but I love the way you say it, so I never correct you. So what is it though? I, I don't want to tell you because I love no, the way that you say it. It bothers me up here. You've been saying it wrong since I met I you, but I love it. Like it's it's it doesn't it doesn't make me mad, you know? I'm like, I like it. You say Nivelle, and I think it sounds yeah. very classy, like, ooh, Ashley Nivelle. Nivelle, I like it. But it's Ashley Neville, like Neville Longbottom, ne or like the Neville <laughs> Brothers, or yeah. But I like Nivelle. Like, I think I'm going to have to put in a request to add like a, what is it? Like, a, like, an, like an accent mark right above the last E, Nivelle. <laughs> I'm going to have to put in that request. I think I'm going to change my last name. Yes, but you know what? You can call me whatever. You could say Ashley, Ash, Navelle, Neville, well, like whatever, whatever you want. When I get to that last name, I'm like, oh, uh, Navelle, Neville? Okay. <laughs> same thing. But, same yeah. thing. Same difference. I let it slide because I like it. I think it's actually better than my name um, as it is. Um, and then things I have going on right now. I have a couple things in the books, a couple things that lined up potentially with some interviews. Um, as I said, interviews are pretty hard to book right now um, during the regular season. But um, yeah, I have a couple things. So you got to stay tuned. And you can uh -huh. stay tuned. We know your Instagram. What yes. about Twitter? Any other platforms you on Twitch? Or I don't know, like a Snap, not Snapchat, TikTok, Clubhouse. You should be doing Clubhouse chats. I know. There's a lot I need to do. I swear. I you give me new ideas every day. But um, let's see. I do I have Instagram. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Snap I do have and Snapchat. What First and last name? Ashley Neville. Yeah, very oh. simple. Snapchat, I don't always tell people because it's kind of just like my little, like, just people yeah, I know. That's my private. I mean, I have, like, people who follow me on there, but, like, I usually just, you know, post to my close friends for the most part, depending on what it is. Um, I don't like sharing my life with everyone, um, but – some people. And then, yeah, I do have a TikTok, but I haven't posted on it. I'm trying to figure out the best way to approach it um, because I want the, I want every post I make to be something meaningful, something that is either like funny, exciting, or it's my basketball stuff. It has to be, 
I'm not just going to like post a post, you know, like I'm very strategic and what I do. Um, at least now it wasn't always like that, but now I'm pretty strategic. I'm like, oh, I don't want to post this. I want to post that. So I think TikTok is definitely up next. Um, but yeah, I do have some other interviews lined up that I'm like really excited for that I can share with you after we get off the call and we can FaceTime and I'll let you know everything I have going on. But um, for well, everyone else. Who don't know you, who gonna wanna follow you and see more about your life, that's all. Um, oh yeah, so absolutely. Starting off, what is some words of inspiration or encouragement you can give the people that's gonna be watching and listening in this moment? Go for it. Never take no for an answer. If you want something, if you want something bad enough, you can get it, 100%, no matter what. And I know exactly what I want in my life. I have everything written down, manifesting it, and it's slowly but surely happening, believe it or not. It's crazy. Um, so write down your goals, write down everything that you need to do to get those goals, and um, never give up on yourself, ever. Ashley, thank you. You were amazing. Thank you. And be safe, keep winning, keep living, and um, let's see. Go Suns. <laughs> Go Suns, I mean, baby. In the finals? Okay. Believe yeah. that. Everything. All right. Take care. Have a good one. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Love you, E. Bye. So there it is. Ashley Neville. She says she likes Neville. Oh, it's, it's Neville. Neville. But anyway, check it out. Let's go up on my page. I appreciate you guys for joining in. Another edition of Bigger Talks, baby. Women in sports, the NBA season, and work ethic, and what it takes to be a producer and reporter. Thank you, Ashley. You guys be great. Uh, hug yourself, love yourself more tonight. Uh, forgive, live, be, and uh, do what you gotta do. I'm out!